<laughs> You're your own heroin mule. Yeah, like, yeah, yes, so, yeah. Just for the fun, I popped the own, my own but balloon. But it's not even a balloon. It's just a tampon soaked in heroin stuck God up my damn. ass. Can like you a fucking imagine? That? Be like, that would be grand. Yeah. This is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Literate Apecast is a production of LiterateApe.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. So, I've got a buddy who, years ago, when he and his wife were first married, um, they had issues with money, and he... They, well, they, they had this issue with money. Um, he was a, a bigger drinker than she was. She would, you know, she didn't like to drink. Um, she had an ex-husband who was an alcoholic, so she was just kind of turned out. You know, she'd have a glass of wine or a beer. You know, mm-hmm. she wasn't a teetotaler, but, you know, he would buy a six-pack or 12-pack and bring it home and, you know, knock a few back or go out with his buddies and spend whatever. Let's just, let's just call it like $100 a night sure. on booze, just for easy numbers. Um, now, 100 bucks on booze a night, that's, that's a lot that's of money. That's a lot of but fucking just dough. just for easy money. Yeah. Let's just say that's what it is. Uh, no, fuck it. Let's just let's call it fifty. He would go out and he'd spend. He'd spend fifty bucks, bucks, which is actually pretty drink, reasonable yeah. on a on any given bar. Yeah. She and we lived in Las. They, they still live in Las Vegas, so I was in Las Vegas at the time. And she would. She didn't drink, but she would gamble. So she would go to a bar and play the the bar top uh, video poker. Okay. And she would drop a whole lot more than fifty bucks or hundred bucks on poker. And sometimes she would win. So she'd come home with 1400 bucks or more sure. or less. You know, sometimes she would come ahead. But there were times when she would lose 200 or 300 And he never made a stink about it because he's like, fuck it. Like, we can afford to lose Everybody's it. Everybody's got a vice. Yeah, and we can afford thing, to man. lose it. Like, we're not out on our mortgage. And, yeah. you know, she was, um, she was making really great money working in radio. She was in radio sales. She was making great money. Again, they could afford it. Um... And she would get so, so he would buy a 12 pack of beer and bring it into the house. And that would last him, you know, through the week, let's say, or, you know, a couple days, whatever it was. And she would get fucking pissed at him for spending their money on booze. And he's like, you, this is my thing. You have your thing. I don't give you shit for losing $400 in a two hour time frame. You know, let me spend my $18 on a fucking 12 pack of Miller Lite. So I can have beers from Monday through Thursday. Well, that's the thing. It was. <laughs> it's not the money. That is the argument. Is not about the money. Right. The it's, argument it's the is issue about of the vice. It's the vice. Yeah. It's you know. And 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 Dane and I have you know. We, and and we, for the most part, we, we handle this. Is that you know? I'm just like we did, like you described. I smoke, um, and I don't smoke cigarettes unless. I mean, I I don't buy cigarettes. Right. But I don't smoke cigarettes unless unless I'm offered one. Right. You know, because I still like cigarettes, but ultimately it is cheaper, and I actually really enjoy the pipe far more. I actually enjoy the pipe a lot more. Than and cigarettes. that's her rule for you: is like smoke the pipe, yeah, and smoke is, the cigarettes when it's offered, or yeah, yeah. You know, that's it's not a pinch her rule. or whatever. It's not her rule. I don't hear she doesn't make rules for me any more than I make rules for her about that she drinks. She likes to drink. But as you guys have this agreement, so I don't. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's like an understanding. Yeah, it's an understanding. But and she rolls she you re- cigarettes. Like yeah, she'll treat, roll me cigarettes. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. But she really hates smoking. Sure. And I don't really hate drinking. 
And so I mean, we're drinking we, right now. Like, yeah, when we when we get yeah. we're drinking whiskey that my wife bought me as a month anniversary present and a congratulations on the new job. And it's really goddamn good whiskey. It's journeyman whiskey, of it's, course. It's you great, know, and yeah. it makes me happy because you brought a six pack of beer, so I feel like I'm contributing. Well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all good to the delinquency. I feel uh, cheap now because you brought you've got good whiskey. See, here we're and, doing well, this is good beer. This is you know, this it's is, Revolution for, Brewing. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's good. But anyway. Um, which, I don't have which a Revolution Brewing could be a sponsor, and so could Journeyman Distillery. But deal with that later. We will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, she 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 really doesn't like smoking. She's got a real issue with it, and, and part of it is their whole family smoked. Um, I was going to ask if that you was know, a, that kind of yeah, thing, and, yeah. and she'll smoke a cigarette once in a while just for fun, shits and giggles. But I only smoke when I drink. No, no, actually, that's not it. No, I know. No, that's that's just, yeah. she wants why she just wants to have a cigarette. Sure, but she really doesn't like smoking, and uh, so we have it. So our issue is not the money spent. Yeah, it's my issue is she's got a vice. I've got a vice. Leave my voice vice alone. Yeah, she sees it as the, my vice is is way worse than hers. Yeah, and it's like all right, and you know, and I or and, even way worse, but also lesser than. Yeah, because it's not worth the hard earned money. I, uh, how do you how do you guys handle finances? Do you guys pool everything? Is is this family money or is it... well, yeah, what we do. But the thing is, you know, and uh, and that's the thing is when I was working for WBEZ. I mean, she's got money. She's got some money socked away, yeah. and I spend money like uh, my mother, which is I want that thing by. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just, I got money. I'm gonna spend it. What's it for? You can't take it with you. Right, Whoa, <laughs> my mother is not Jerry Lewis, but that's the idea. Um, God, that'd be awesome if your mom was Jerry Lewis. That would be the best, because then she'd what just be the most weird hateful fun that fucking would be. Jew yeah. in the world. Um, <laughs> God damn, he's a hateful son of a bitch now. No, he um, was a bastard. He turned into a real dick. Uh, well, yeah, he was a dick maybe, from the beginning. But we just yeah, did, yeah, yeah. I just didn't know we it. We didn't know it until he got yeah. old and gross. Yeah, yeah but, no, uh, but no, she's got her money. I've got my money. We, I mean, and I've said it many... She's very funny, but we had this, uh, a disagreement not too long ago. But, uh, that, that I, you know, when I was making... The big salary. Yeah. My money's her money. Right. My car is her car. Everything I own is hers as well. Mm-hmm. That is a struggle for her when it comes to money. But she's getting really better. She's really trying. Does she feel like she's just taking and not contributing or that? No, no, no. She like feels like her money is no, her money is her money. So if she doesn't have the money, therefore she, does she have can't the use the but you said she struggled with like my. She's struggling with it. She's struggling. No, she's struggling with the concept that what is hers is also mine. Oh, so she's okay to take what's yours. Well, it's as not hers. about take. That's the thing is, it's not about take. In fact, she doesn't like me spending money. She doesn't like waste. She doesn't like unnecessary expenditure. And it's what she, would an unnecessary expenditure be, other than cigarettes? Um, you know, a, a fancy restaurant. Okay. Um. Clothes. Okay. Do you buy clothes? Is that a thing you do? No, I don't. But she'd, she'd rather go to a thrift store to buy clothes than okay. any place else. I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have yeah. a problem with it. Um, I like to buy prizes. I like to get gifts. Yeah. And sometimes she gets a little frustrated. That you like gadgets. I do like gadgets yeah. a lot. Yeah. 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 She gives me... She, I get a pass with that. She doesn't give me any shit okay. about my Apple. Okay. Stuff. She doesn't. She laughs. Yeah. But no shit. Okay. But... Okay. Yeah, because Katie and I, we don't, like... My, and I've been talking to my dad about this for a while now. Katie and I split everything. So okay. she has her money, I have my money, and we have fam- We have several different bank accounts. That's kind of so how we do it, yeah. We've got a Himmel checking account that every month, you know, we 
uh, we pitch don't, in for the so bills. We don't have that. It's it's either I'm paying rent, she's paying rent, or I'm paying the bills and she's paying rent. You know, it, it, okay, yeah, like yeah, we, we just we've got we a family have, credit card. So anything that's for, like any grocery shopping, any you know trip to the to Walgreens for you know lotion or you know allergy medicine and that yeah. kind of shit. That's all the family stuff. And then at the every month, Katie will send me because she does all the books. She sends me an email that says, you know, this month's credit card is whatever it is, and I yeah. take the money out of my account, yeah. transfer it to Himmel checking. We've got a, you know, the child savings account, um, but we're getting to it. So we, so it's like, yeah, it's our money because yeah, we but, split everything. But you've got yours; she's got hers. Right. And if I don't have enough money after my after rent, after the family credit card, after the other bills, um, to say go out and. You know, have a night. Have a you know, go and get a couple beers with with yeah. Don Hall. Well, then I can't fucking do it. Mm. Versus my my dad will say, "Fuck it, it's it's family money. Just put the shit together." You know, so if I want to go out and have drinks with Don Hall, even though I haven't earned enough that month to do it to cover that cost, I would be taking Katie's money. Arguably, like that's the yeah, issue. That's, and, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to go to that because I will feel bad doing that. I don't think she'll really care, but if it starts See, Dana, to get out of hand, I'll get cocky. Well, that's like, the thing is with this. With that's, that's the thing is I won't get cocky. I always feel bad, but Dana is very. And that's one of the things since I since I left WBZ. You know, freelance is up and down, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there have been there have been a, a, a number of months where it's been you know. I just don't have any. You know, yeah. I'm used to having that thing is for the last decade. I'm used to having a full bank account. Yeah, and now I don't. And so I've had to change my spending habits significantly. Sure. Well, because it's freelance. You don't yeah. have a full bank account, and then you do. Yeah. And, and then and, you don't. And, and you can't And then spend. it's a cash flow problem, because you have to catch up sometimes yeah. on things. Yeah, sure. So. And that's that's like where Kate and I are at right now, is that she's, you know, right now she's making more money than I am mm-hmm. with her freelance, and because I'm getting back in the game, and she's just, she's always made more money than freelance than I have uh, for variety of reasons and I don't fucking care because like, she's very talented Dave. Yeah, I have no talent exactly. I suck nobody wants to work with me and I get that and I accept it and that's and you just, fine you move on yeah uh, <laughs> but I'm almost like th- this last couple weeks because I had a bunch of money you know because I made a shit ton when I was working for the full time yeah. I was able to bank a ton and I was still freelancing and it was great but that money's starting because I'm the work is not as steady yeah um, it's it's steady, but it's not as rich as I want it to be, and it's not as fast as I want it to be that's, yet. That's frustrating, yeah. Um, so, you know, we had a couple big bills come due, and it's like, all right, I'm starting to get a little nervous get right now. a little lean. And I almost want to have the conversation with her, which is, you be the breadwinner, which, I mean, she is anyway. And I'll be the point. house husband. And I'll be the house husband. And I'm not going to stop busting my ass and, you know, humping for money. But, but that until, lets you off the hook. It lets it, it lets me off the hook in that like fuck I can't afford rent this month. But if you change it up, so here's another thing that my friends the the gambler and the drinker, not that she didn't have a gambling problem, he didn't have a no, drinking problem, but no, for no, the sake but of that's the, just that's the identification, way, yeah. um, she made a shitload more than he did, and he made a decent living. But all of her money, all of her paycheck went for went to the bills and the mortgage and all the the shit you need to live, groceries, yeah. you know, all that shit. Staples, yeah. Uh, his money uh, was what they called fun money. So when they wanted to go on vacation, they took his money, they put that toward there saving yeah. for the vacation or dinners. You know, so if if they were to go on too many dinners and his paycheck wasn't matching their nights out or whatever, yeah. 
then they couldn't, they they couldn't go do out. it. And that was how they solved the gambling drinking thing. That if it gets to a point where we can't afford the drinking and the gambling on his paycheck, we don't do the drinking and gambling That's anymore. pretty smart. You know, I get frustrated with the whole, you know, misandry that, that comes up. But ultimately, you know, I, you know I, I, that was the thing is I got, uh, I got the Millennium Park offer. And I had this anxiety, not big anxiety because I don't carry big anxiety. But I, and that's why I noticed it because it's, it's so unusual. Mm. But I had anxiety. is like, it's not real. It's going to get taken away from me. I don't know why. Yeah. Something's going to happen and they're going to decide they don't want to hire me. Yep. And I went, this sucks. What do I have to do? How do I deal with this? And I, talk, I told Dana that. She goes, well, what do you think of it? And I said, you know, I think maybe I'm experiencing the kind of discomfort that women and black people have felt their whole lives, which is, I don't know if, if anything, I could do nothing wrong and they'll take it away from me. Yeah. And... Maybe I deserve that a little bit. And so in, rather than being upset about it, which is the easy answer, sure. um, learn from it. And, and, not, and maybe, maybe grow a bit from the empathy of, because I'm not going to go the route of the virtue signaling white progressive who is going to emasculate himself right. in an effort to prove that he's fucking woke. Yeah. Fuck you, dude. Right. But I am... I believe I'm evolved enough to say, oh, I'm feeling a real anxiety about losing this position for some reason that may have nothing to do with me and I don't know where that's coming from and maybe this is what other people have felt that aren't white men. And I should learn from that experience. Not emasculate myself, not feel like I deserve it in any way, but learn from it. Yeah. And what you're feeling is, I mean, you're you're right in, in... Considering the idea that it's probably what let you know the, the marginalized folk, the yeah. not white male, the not white male, have yeah. been feeling forever that I either won't get the job or I'll I'll have my rent my uh, my my lease taken away, whatever the whatever, whatever the yeah, fuck something's going to happen and and but I it's I think that's also part of um, the the freelance gig yeah and. You know that you did have a job that was a steady solid, job for yeah, ten years, and it went away. Ten years, yeah, and it did. Uh, I mean, that's when I got the full time gig. You know, Katie was so excited, and my dad was so. You know, every, my mom, everybody, like my everybody was so excited. But I was really timid. I didn't want to tell a lot of people mm-hmm. until I started. Yeah, the first day, because I'm like I, and we, I signed the agreement for that full time gig on May second, and then we left like May. 5th or 6th on a road trip to Austin. We did a yeah, Southern States that. road trip. And I was so worried throughout that whole trip that the job, I was going to come home and they'd be like, you know what? You we know what? We decided you. we don't need you. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and of course that didn't happen because I ended up working there for six fucking months before they, they went, oh, you know, we don't need you. And then they ended up getting the whole yeah. marketing department. It wasn't me at all, but that fear exists. It's yeah. rational fear. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, but it's not fun to deal with. It's it not sucks. something I'm used to. And yeah. it's like, okay, if that's how, you know, I get that. And that's something to learn from. So you got an award. I did. Yeah, I won the Peter Lissiger Award for Best Sports Writing. So who's Peter Lissiger? Uh, he was the um, Washington Bureau Chief for Chicago uh, Daily News. It was just a rhetorical New- question. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's, I mean, I didn't uh, care. But it, yes, it was very lovely. Yeah. You bought a table. 
a bunch of your friends. Yeah, it was, it was a great night. There. Yep, yeah. So it was, it was a really great night. Um, thrilled about the award. It's an honor, all that. But it was yeah. very cool that you won. I loved that you won. I thought that was cool. Because yeah. it was one of those things where it could have gone either way. Yeah. And he called your name, and you were very cool about it, and you went and got your award. It was great. Yeah. Thank you for being there. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah. So, um, but because it was, you know, it was this, this big thing, and I was excited about it. And, you know, so I invited my nearest and dearest, and uh, that included my my father, both my grandmothers, Dee, my mom's mom, and Joyce, uh, my dad's mom, Nani. And so when I got the tattoo back in February, I wasn't concerned I was going to get in trouble with my parents or anything like that. I didn't give a shit. You know, I'm 38 years old. I can do what I want, right? And... But I would, my one concern was that if my dad saw it, he was just going to make a big thing. Because my dad doesn't like tattoos, and he'd, just, he'd make this whole thing. I just didn't want to deal with it. But when he did see it, he went, well, what's that? And I said, uh, it's a tattoo. And he said, was well, it permanent? And I said, well, most are. And that was kind of it. That was the end of it. But I asked him not to tell Nani. Because my brother Steven has got several tattoos. And he told me, don't let Nani see it. Nani hates tattoos. She got really upset with me over mine. She thinks they're for trash. Da -da 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 -da. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I asked Dad not to tell Nani. He said, well, don't you think she'll see it at some point? I said, yeah, but I want to burn that bridge when I get to it. Uh, he said, okay. So fast forward with the Lissiger Awards, and I'm talking to uh, Maggie and Kate and Dana and, you know, whoever else. And my dad comes over in the middle of my conversation and starts grabbing at my suit sleeve, trying to push it up. And I said, what are you doing? He's like, I don't know. And he's making this thing about it. I go, what are you? And he ends up. Outing, he had outed me to Nani. He had told Nani about my tattoo, and this is what we and got. This is what happened. So now, what, what's, what's going on? Set it up. So, I, when my dad saw my tattoo, I, I was not afraid, but I was concerned that he was gonna, you know, lose his shit a little bit. Yeah. But he was, he was like, "What's that on your arm?" I was like, "Oh, it's a tattoo." He was like, "Permanent?" I said, "Well, yeah, that's kind of how they go." And then that was the end of it. Are, yeah. And he, I said, just don't tell Nani. They have panda tattoos. No, they do. Yeah, but not for men. Why not? I, I'm not Hindu. Children. Like I don't. You can get them in any color you want. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you can get them in henna color you want. That's yeah, yeah okay. that's the joke. Yeah, you know, I got the joke. Right. I, I got it. It's I, unre I recorded it. That's going down. So I asked him not to tell my grandmother because oh, my yeah. grandmother doesn't like tattoos. Why not? Because they're ta like, I have like ten of them. Why don't tell her this? Oh, like does it does it suddenly lessen your opinion of me? That I because I was because it was a low opinion to begin with. So how much lower could it go? So now we're here at the the Lissiger Awards, and my dad just started grabbing my arm, trying to push up my jacket. I'm like, what are you doing? And then I realized he's trying to show my grandmother. Oh, all right. So you, now that he's now that he's told her, there yeah. you go. <laughs> you recognize him? I do, Eddie. It's Eddie, yeah. So this is a this is a rendering, a drawing that Katie made of Eddie. So it's artwork from my wife of our dog. Where's his fourth leg? It's behind him. It's. It's not a stick figure. Like there's, there's depth in art, even in two-dimensional art. You've heard the joke about the three-legged dog. No. Three-legged dog comes walking into an 1880s western town. That was he's, he's, he's limping into the way 1880s western town. Everybody, black cats are shutting the shutters. They see him walking down. He's limping along with his three legs. He goes to the saloon. 
Saloon keeper says, what can I do for you, three-legged dog? He says, I'm looking for the man who shot my paw. Nice. Thank you. It's the only three-legged dog joke I know that's not dirty. I, mean, I, I can make one up that's dirty, but I don't. Officially, Nani doesn't hate this tattoo. It's I got the okay. Yeah. All right. So his, I, so his night's been ruined. Did it hurt? It wasn't as much fun. A little bit. Yeah, it wasn't bad. My dad is a fucking rat. We do a thing called team retreats. Okay. And team retreats are, can we get there by Prius in about four to five hours okay. from Chicago? So, okay. it's, you know, it's a good yeah, concentric yeah. circle around the area. Um, obviously not in Lake Michigan because that would not work. Right, yeah, you're limited going You're limited, east, you can't but, drive across Lake Michigan. But, um, you know, and uh, she had never been to Ann Arbor. Okay. And, you know, there's not a lot in Ann Arbor. No, but it's a college town. It's a college town, yeah. but it was, you know, it was, it was dead of winter. And it was just one of those things where I'm looking for... Ann Arbor's gorgeous yeah, in the dead of winter. It yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's a terrible place. I mean, it, no, I take that back. It's not a terrible place. It's a fine place. But it's not... It's St. Thomas. Ann Arbor in the dead yeah, of winter. It's not yeah, the fucking Caribbean, you know. Um, it's not. But I found this hotel called the Weber Inn. Okay. And I recommend to anybody that's going to fucking Ann Arbor stay at the Weber Inn. Okay. They had a pool and a sauna and a whirlpool and you know we got this nice room, not very expensive. We, I mean, it was just shitty outside. It was just yeah. shitty snow, sleety kind of shit. Pull up. And Arbor in the dead of winter. Yeah. <laughs> we go in, and it's just this great little hotel room, and, you know, we ordered food, and we went, and we would go out, and and then, you know, during the day, we went we went to this uh, Ann Arbor uh, Art Museum, which was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. It was just an amazing art museum, yeah. you know, and... Small town uh, art museums, not that Ann Arbor's a small town, but, you know, art museums that aren't in Paris or Chicago yeah. or New York... Are always they had a because it surprises you. And I think that it's I think it's because there's something in the back of our heads that's like, oh, it's small. Oh, it's town, small it's town. That. And you're like, oh shit, no, no there's real. No. And they had they had this yeah. they had this uh, night all art art from the '90s exhibit. Okay, and it was fucking neat. Yeah, it was really smart and it really under and, and they didn't really try to pin it, but. It was, was very obvious of Kurt Cobain. Well, it was very well. It was very obvious that that nine eleven really fucked our progress when it comes to LGBTQ. It really fucked our progress in terms of race relations. Nine eleven fucked every, because you can see if you at least the artwork they were choosing and sort of the movements that they were focusing on, you could see we are, as a society through this art were really pushing the envelope. I mean, this is Lady Gaga before Lady Gaga was born. I mean, this yeah. is like, we're really pushing that envelope. And you could see a real progressivism in the gay and, and lesbian community and the trans community. You mm-hmm. could see a real movement in that direction. Huh. And then 9-11 happened, and it was like that stuff didn't exist anymore. Why do you think it was 9-11 that was the... That was, I mean, because that, that. The, the exhibit went up until 9-11-2001. And to see what where we're at now, well, actually now I think we're getting we're, we're getting back on track. It's more strident and pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still there's a movement, and I think nine eleven is that everybody got scared. Well, yeah, okay. You know, everybody gets scared. Well, weird that it would. I, I think it's weird anyway that that would affect. It set us back. 
whatever the LGBTQ community was doing. Well, I think I think I think and this they had nothing to do with nine eleven. No, this is anybody not less LGBTQ is the fucking. But my assessment is the way the way is is that that things were very hardcore and repressed when we were in the Cold War. Yeah, and that was a pervasive, nonstop fear mongering of the other. Us versus yeah, us versus them kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And, you need an enemy. And, and, and in the 90s, we didn't really have that. We did not have an enemy in the We 90s. did not, not have an enemy, enemy right? you know. And, I mean, they, you know, they're still, they were doing, they suddenly started having to go do movies where the Nazis were the bad guys again. Because yeah. we just didn't really have that many bad guys to, you know, there weren't many bad guys. There wasn't an other that was always at the door ready to cut our throats. And so when we weren't afraid as a society... We were exploring who we were, mm-hmm. and we were pushing the envelopes of what was acceptable and mm-hmm. what needed to be accepted and tolerated mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And you can see it in the artwork. Interesting. And then in 9-11 happened, we had another, and we were suddenly afraid again. And anything mm-hmm. that was different and not like us was suspect. When I was a senior in high school, I was in choir. And the choir and orchestra, like certain, the orchestra was going to Europe. They were taking their Europe. It was because it swaps off every year. Like there's the choir, the band, and the orchestra would take a Europe, a European or some kind of overseas trip to perform in wherever. Sure. And for whatever reason, the, the orchestra that year needed um, choir members. So I was chosen as one of the choir members to go with them. And we went to, our itinerary was um, Prague. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Munich, Prague, Bratislava, Salzburg, Vienna, Budapest. So we were meant to hit all these spots and perform in these churches and everything. Sure. And I don't remember the reason why, but like all but three of our performances got canceled. So like you were saying when you would tour, like you'd get off the bus and you you know go to the airport and like and then you perform, you do your thing. So we had all this, and we had these great tour guides that were so much fun. But we had a shitload of free time that nobody had planned for because everything got canceled at the yeah, last minute. Yeah, everything was getting canceled, so what the fuck are you supposed to do? Yeah. And I broke off from the tour several times. Like, every every city I just broke off, and I was like, I'm going to go see the city and just find shit that I can get into. And because I was 17 at the time, but you can drink at, I guess, 18 there, like, I, whatever reason, I could do whatever the fuck I want. I was a full-fledged adult there. Um... In fact, the coolest thing for me, this is so, like, here's a like, proof of my age at the time, is that I bought a beer at McDonald's. That was the coolest oh, thing. Like, you know, and there is something. weird. Like, what the fuck? Because you can't do that anywhere you can't you know, do in that. America, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, no, no, no. Um, but, man, I got into some shit. Like, we, and it also just, that was the year that I started drinking beer, and I, like, discovered schnapps oh, and all this other shit. I was ordering, the evil. you know, Baileys and my hot chocolate and thought that I, but I was, like, finding all these, like, little nooks and crannies of the cities. And, and I did some touristy shit. Like, we saw Beethoven's house and, you know, whatever else. And it was... That's cool. It was cool. It was really cool. We saw these beautiful churches. And, and one of them, probably because I was hungover, but I, like, passed out while performing. Oh, and I was, like, I was standing up, you know, and we're singing <laughs> fucking, you know, Ave Maria. And I'm, like... Oh, and now, have you ever fainted? Oh, man, bump. Have you ever fainted? You know, like, the oh, world, yeah. like, it changes colors just, and things yeah, move, and then you just kind of, like, go? Yeah, tilts off. And I remember getting caught by the orchestra director, and then I woke up, and I'm in this back room of the church, and it was, like, their storage room, like, 
like at your place and my place, like the, yeah. the back patio that's closed in, you just got like old shit you're not yeah, using anymore and your your, you know, your luggage rack, and bicycle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was all like insanely graphic, you know, Catholic imagery. Oh, that's awesome. And there was this nearly life-size um, statue, I guess, of Christ. Or it was, or it was actually Christ. Or it was a dude. Yeah. It was a dude but stuff. But of Christ, like six foot fucking long Christ, like after he'd been taken off the cross, all dead and just, you know, the color of him was like the blood had been drained. It was fucked up. Dude. That's it was fucked up. And I woke up looking at this dead you know, this dead Jesus, not knowing exactly what just fucking happened, freaked me the fuck out. That's like, a, it was, that's so that was a cool, that was a cool trip. Um, just like, like just again, finding all these nooks and crannies of these cities and um, being able to drink for the first time at will. And, oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the few things we did get to perform, you know, that was kind of cool, like in the churches. And, you know, the churches are beautiful there, of course. Absolutely. Didn't give me God, but... Um, but it was fun to, you know. Uh, but it was really cool. And then New Orleans with Katie was another great one. Uh, she'd never been. I'd been there a couple times, and we we went down there a couple years ago. Around this time, like end of February. Yeah, yeah. end of February, early March. That weekend when when the month switched, it was the same weekend that the that fucking dress dress game. Oh, the, the fuck the, you called the it? Blue is, it, gold. is it blue and gold or yeah. black and white? Whatever the fuck it was. So. Um, you know, we ate well and we saw a lot of shit. We went to the pharmacy museum in New Orleans, which nice. if you haven't been, I've go. Been, it's we didn't go this last time. Fucked. But, yeah. Like you want to talk about things it's... like archaic, weird shit that this country used to do? Holy Christ! Mm-hmm. Tampons soaked in heroin yep. to calm the women down because they'd get too crazy when it they had sure their menses. Calm them down. I mean, it would. It but worked. Jesus fucking. The Christ. result. It was you know. It was results. Crazy shit. But that's an incredible museum. It's really small, but it's it's magnificent. Dude, you make you sound like that's old. I do that every Sunday. Which is you like here, Dana? Here. No, I use it for me. Oh, stick just, it right on my ass. Yeah. I feel like a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're your own heroin mule. Yeah, like, yeah, yes, just for the fun, I pop the own my own. But balloon. it's not even a balloon; it's just a tampon soaked in heroin, stuck God up my damn. ass. Can like you a fucking imagine? Though, like that would be grand. Yeah. So, but we had this one so day hooked, where and then it wouldn't be grand anymore. But it definitely. We went out. We yeah. stayed at the Cornstalk Hotel, which, like you were saying, you know, it's beautiful. You know, it's an old. It was a single family home that got turned into, and of course, everything's fucking haunted, right? Um, but Katie and I were out, we're walking the corridor, and we're, you know, we're drinking as we go, and we're eating as we go, and um, I introduced her to hand grenades. Nice. The hand grenades, you know, the, like the hurricanes, yeah. whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is basically, a hand grenade is, it's, uh, it's Everclear. It's like 110 proof, and then, you know, fucking fruit-flavored bullshit. Well, it's, it's, it's just Everclear, and anything you put in Everclear just turned to nothing because it's acid. Yeah. Yeah. The thing Here's Everclear, and I'm going to put a human foot in it, and it's still just Everclear. Doesn't matter. Because yep. the foot's gone. But hand grenades have this special way, more than hurricanes do, more than any other drink that I've ever come across, and I've come across a lot of drinks. Yes, you have. The first one, you're like, what the fuck's the big deal? I'm fine. The second one, you're like, I'm a little drunk, but come on, what's all the bullshit about? And the third one, you're like, no speaking. But you can't feel your fucking eyeballs. Your yeah. face is left your head. It's your fuck. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. So I'm going to keep my three things thematic tonight. All right. Uh, um, so we, we talked about family and money. So here's some responsible 
things. And my first is a do. Okay. And that is get life insurance. If you don't already have life insurance, get life insurance. It's really easy to do. It's a whole lot easier than dealing with health insurance. Okay, so just get life insurance. Your family will thank you when they finally kill you. Um, and it's not expensive. And the, the, the sooner you get it, the cheaper it is. So get your damn life insurance. And mine is, my first is a do. Go on a team retreat. The rules are pretty simple. It's got to be within four or five hours of driving. Um, get a hotel room, preferably a place with a pool. And then explore a city in America's Midwest for a day or two, assuming that you're in the Midwest. Uh, meet some people, shop at local digs, see a fucking museum dedicated to something you never knew existed. Trust me. <laughs> This is almost as good as going on a full-blown vacation, but without the cost or the time commitment. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my second thing, also a do, consider financial investments. <laughs> Let your money work for you. Oh, you are your father's son. I am, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like, here's a way to, like, even if you don't have a lot, there's ways, because Katie and I don't have a lot of money, but we've got several different investments. We're putting a little bit away, and I'll get statements, and I'm like, Holy shit, this is, again, it's not a ton of money, but it's, it looks like a lot compared Holy to shit, what I'm, I'm putting in I'm a part of month. the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a part of the system. I'm part of the system. There you go. All right. All right. Invest in some things. Um, I'm going to say you should invest in an album. This is a listen. Um, and I think you should listen to John Coltrane's Live at the Village Vanguard, 1966. It's brilliant, it's exciting, and exactly the music you want to listen to to feel like a grown-up, but one with a sense <laughs> of smooth. You smoke a pipe or a bong, and you will understand <laughs> what it is to be chill. Coltrane was a huge heroin addict. Wasn't he really into the smack? Weren't they all? Well, yeah, so should... So pipe bong and no, you don't want to do Aaron. No, you don't. You don't want to do smack. You don't want to horse when you're okay. listening to the Coltrane, just because then you're going to hear things that maybe wasn't weren't yeah. intended. Then you're suddenly you're suddenly uh, Charles Manson hearing right. you know, the dog talk through the Beatles. It's right. just not okay. not good. Uh, my third thing this week, another do, and that's squirrel away cash. <laughs> the greatest joy I have in my life right now is I've got an envelope full of cash that I've saved like Christmas money, birthday, you know, whatever, wherever I get it. Um, uh, and it's in an envelope hidden somewhere in my apartment. Katie doesn't know where it is. And I can grab it. I've, you know, it can be for a well, big obviously, purchase. Well, obviously, Katie, it's above somewhere because when he said grab, he reached above his head. I'm just talking with my hands. So I just want you to think That's about not true. that it's somewhere that high. Is, no, that Katie. is not true. That is not true. It's very low. It's in the it's in the stairs leading down to the basement. Oh, that's not true either. I didn't think so. Yeah, um, but there's there like you have secret money, and it's paper and it's folding and it's real and ooh, it's fun. And then when you're like sh you look at your bank account, and you're like, oh shit, I don't have any money, or my investments have gone to crap. I gotta I gotta uh, you know change out my or cash in my my life insurance policy. No no no, don't do that. Go to your hidden cash, and get that money. You've just become, like, young J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, uh, my, my third and final is a watch, and it has nothing to do with what we're talking about or money. <laughs> um, I think you should watch Dear White People Volume 2 on Netflix. Uh, take your virtue signaling allyship and <laughs> stuff it up your ass. This is just excellent television. 
It's smart, it's funny, it's well acted, and it's presenting a far more complicated view of race and college students than anybody else is. It is not a simple, I mean, it's called Dear White People, it's not a simple let's just castigate white people. This is really about the black experience and it's very revealing and interesting. And once you watch it, go trick some racists into watching it too. <laughs> and that is the podcast. That's it. Thanks for listening. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>